This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Launches deep. Jalen Guyton. He's got it. Herbert fires open. Making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17-yard line. Look out again. Carr. Intercepted. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast brought to you by the Say It Again Network. I'm your host, Tyler Lawrence. With me is my co-host, Zach Alfers. And man, what a rough game for the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Um, And I know the season's not over, but it it just kind of seems, yet again, it's the Raiders who kind of have ended our postseason chances. I know we have five games left, but with Dolphins next week, Titans uh, right after that, it, it just seems like a, a a big uphill to climb, um, and it's so demoralizing because we had so many chances on Sunday to 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 do what we needed to do, win a, a must win game, kind of just let it fizzle out. Uh, congrats, you know, hats off to the Raiders because they just made more clutch plays in key situations than we did, and it's kind of just a. a what has kind of plagued this this Charger team all year? It's the inconsistencies. Coming out red hot, having a just a, a completely mediocre second and third quarter, just inconsistent from play to play, drive to drive, uh, within the game. It was just, it, it, just inconsistent across the board, and it's such a heartbreaker to watch this team with so much potential, even with the injuries, to let it kind of fizzle out the way it did. Uh, just super frustrating. I love how you kind of already has been like, you know, Raiders ending the Chargers playoff hopes because it really feels like the Houston game last year. Like we weren't out of it. I mean, no. I think we still need to go four and one. We can lose one more game this season and still pretty easily make a, a push to the playoffs. Uh, but this feels like that game that like that Houston game last year is a game that we shouldn't lose. We should blow them out. And it's going to, like, if we don't make playoffs and it's going to be, like, down to the wire, everybody's going to look back at the Raiders game. Just like, you know, last season, everybody looked back at that Texans game. So, Mm -hmm. really bad similarity there uh, when you're, especially when you're going to go see the Dolphins and Titans here in in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, tough matchups. And I, I mean, and I'm one of the most optimistic, I think, fans out there. But it, it's just one of those, the little momentum that we we did have coming into this week just seems completely deflated, 
there's a team that's completely demoralized and it, it just takes a snap of the finger to get, you know, that, that fire back. But it just seems like, like this Raider game, it was just a, a little, just a little late. I mean, we, we were streaking back. It seemed like we had some momentum, but just we dug ourselves a too big of a hole to climb out of. And that's kind of where I feel like where we are at with the season. It's just a too big of a hill to climb, especially you got, you got the Titans and Dolphins in back-to-back weeks. You need to win one of those. Um, that just seems, especially with the injuries, especially the way this team has been, it been playing in recent weeks, it just seems too much too late. Um, and it's a bummer because I had so, such high expectations for this team this season. Yeah, I just it just feels like it's over though, right? Like that's the hard part. It just feels like we've lost all the momentum. Asking a team that is six and six to go four and one to close out the season, that doesn't seem likely at all. No, I, it, even going back to last week, going four and two over the last six, uh, yeah, six games, that seemed like a tall task, but doable given the the the, the breakup in between. Well starting with the Raiders and then that those last four games, super winnable. But when you're dropping games that you shouldn't, and it's something that's happened all year, you know, playing up to teams and then playing down to teams, when when you're having an execution error or, yeah, execution problem like the Chargers have, having a consistency problem like the Chargers have, it's just really unrealistic to think that, well, maybe just the last five games, they'll be consistent. They'll put it all together. It just, it's just not happening. I feel like we've, we've given this team so many chances, uh, and it's deflating to say, but I, I think the season is over. Hopefully they surprise me, and it, it's it, it's something that this team likes to do. As soon as you feel like you're too, you know, uh, have a, a foot out the door, they pull you back in. Um, and there's a lot to be excited about for the future of this team, but I just don't see it. Even if we do kind of limp our way into the playoffs, I just don't see this team built and constructed the way it is missing the pieces we are missing that we'd be competitive in the playoffs. Um, it, it's tough. It's tough. It really is. I've been looking for this meme. I saw a couple times today and I can't find it, but it's, it was something about watching Justin Herbert will his team to a win without any offensive line, any receivers. Uh, and then he goes, kind of, what player does that remind you of? And then the picture right next to him is Phillip Rivers over the past 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert, like, man, you get, like, he was pressured every drop back, it seemed like. He dropped back 47 times, completed 28 passes, three, 335 yards. Uh, quarterback rating 15.2. Uh, he just really, really struggled to just have some sort of space to let the ball fly, let it go. And it's really, really hard to drop back, especially when you know that Chandler Jones is coming at you. 11 total pressures. Max Crosby, yeah. eight total pressures. This team, like Jerry Tillery, who had six pressures this game was almost the same number of pressures he had all season with us. I can't even count the, the number 37 pressures on mm. 47 dropbacks, 48 dropbacks. Yeah. What are we doing? Like we can't win a game like that. And we still managed to make it a, a one point game at the end there. There's plenty of chances. It, it was just one of those things that, especially the, the O-line, just outclassed and asking somebody who is amazing, 
and Justin Herbert to just be extra amazing. It, it and the fact that we were still still had chances to win this game kind of just speaks to Justin Herbert's greatness. And if we could get this dude some help, especially up front, I, I know we're missing our three best players on the line. It, it just seems like if we can get this guy some protection, get him an, a, another option or two uh, to throw the ball to, he's going to be dynamite. It's just a matter of time. Um, it's just finding the right pieces, making sure they fit. And at this point in his career, it, it's unfortunate because I, I feel like we are, are letting a generational talent kind of slip through the fingertips here. So maybe just a, a, another disappointing season with an will kind of just inspire a hot off season and just a, a revamp of, of the focus this team is going. But right now it, it's super demoralizing to watch week in and week out. When you have a guy like Justin Herbert, you know, he's going to ball out, but him being excellent just isn't enough. We need some other people helping him out. And he just did not get any help uh, this, this past week. I got to ask you because it's it's being talked about quite a bit. Where are you on the replace Brandon's daily train? I know you're on the train somewhere. Are you uh are you at the are you the uh the what's the name of the the train operator? Acho. Uh, what are you uh, are you over there driving the train or are you sitting oh, the at conductor. the back waiting to see if you can get off? Yeah, um I'm not the driving engineer? the train. I No. What's I'm not called? driving the train. I don't even think. I don't even think. Um, I I don't know where you'd put me on the train. I don't even know if I'm on that train because I really don't think a, a switching a head coach at this point really. Not right now, me. but after this season for next season. Are you yeah, there I don't. Yet? No, not even, and because I don't think cha- changing leadership, changing head coaches, turns the needle for us. And what we need is just better execution and that's going to come when you when you have your best players out there. I feel like it's very hard to say, "Oh, this is Brandon Staley's fault" when when he hasn't had the guys that he went out and spent all offseason to acquire there for most of the game. Now, I want to see I and I think and I really like the 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 progress that he's made. Going from the worst special teams of all time to having one of the best units in the league right now. I think that's coaching. I think guys are in place to make plays. Like Asante Samuel Jr. was in place to make plays, or in plays, in place to make plays. Devontae Adams just kind of outdid him. But you think about it, like J.C. Jackson was supposed to be the guy in that situation. And so I, I don't know. I, I think it's too. It's hard I don't to think grade it's him Staley's with. Fault. It's hard to grade him with all the issues that have been plaguing the team. And part of the job of the head coach is being able to manage that. Right. Um, but there's a lot of things that I, I went and took a step back and I really just evaluated Brandon Staley with what he's had out in front of him. Yeah. Um, he made the tough decision to fire the special teams coach last season, right? Uh, who he also like improved the special teams unit from a year ago, but it still didn't meet the standard that Brandon Staley wanted. And he ended up upgrading that unit again this season, and it is 10 times better than it was. Mm-hmm. You look across the defensive side of the ball, uh, being a, a head coach who can recruit good right. football players to the team, that's a huge deal. Uh, being a guy who can help Tom Telesco be a little more aggressive in free agency uh, through trades, all those types of things, that's a, a really good thing to have. 
Yeah. Um, and then you look at the fact of the culture at the team, like the, the team still seems bought in, even with some of the questionable decisions Brandon Staley has made over the last two years, mm-hmm. it feels and it looks different. This is a team that is bought in. There's a lot of leaders on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, also, big shout out to Derwin James being nominated as Walter Payton Man of the Year. We'll get to that here in a bit. But then you look at the issues and how has he managed some of the issues. You look at the shuffling of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the defense and and him being able to change the scheme to fit, to change the players to go and fit his scheme. And he had the full opportunity to do that. And we were expecting a much, much better defense, especially in the run defense department. And it hasn't materialized. Yeah, uh, We looked at the potential of him going in and getting a speedy wide receiver. Some of this falls on Tom Telesco uh, and just not being able to replicate that, having issues over the play calling, especially with no Keenan Allen. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah, And then you got to take a look at some of the decision-making in game, some of the fourth down decisions, some of the um, – there's just – there's a lot of good and a lot of bad – and I think yeah. that it's still a little too early to go and fire him. I think you need mm-hmm. to let him learn from his mistakes. Uh, but, I mean, how how long is this leash right now? Maybe a full season longer, and then you've got three seasons to look back and evaluate where the team is at. But I just don't think we are ready to fire him right now. No, especially because – because of the good, the, the good is so promising. Being able, with no Brandon Staley, you don't have Khalil Mack. You don't have J.C. Jackson wearing powder blue. So that, that for one, is all on Staley's shoulders. And credit to him for, for being able to get people like that in the house. Bryce Callahan, all these guys are coming to play for Staley. At the end of the day, Staley is a very young, inexperienced head coach. Not everybody is... Uh, you know, a, a Hall of Famer right off the gate. It takes some time, and I get it. It is frustrating to watch, but I think he needs at least one year, in my opinion, another second full off season to get his guys in place, uh, to to reiterate what it is he's expecting from his scheme. And the, the, to me, the biggest problem right now with this Charger team is inconsistency. Switching a head coach this off season doesn't help that consistency issue because then you're getting a new playbook, a brand new scheme. To see, and that I think just kind of adds to what is plaguing us right now. And so I, I think it, we, I, I get, I'll give him one year. I, I'm close to hopping on that train, but I'm not there yet because he is so young and because of the good has so much potential for the future of this team. I, I just can't step all the way out yet. I'm getting close, but I, I, I really think he needs one more year to prove it with a healthy team. If he can't get into the playoffs, with this roster healthy, then of course it's a, it's a leadership issue, but I just don't believe that. I think it's very hard. There's very, very few coaches. I think that could coach this particular team into the playoffs, given the injury, cons- the injuries that have just been stacking up. And it's every, it's every game, even in this of game, the top 100 players, it's like all of them have been out for at least portions of this season. What? Well, yeah, it's, it's brutal. Anybody, any, Belichick, um, 
you know, Belichick, Andy Reid, any of the greats all time would have trouble dealing with what Staley is dealing with right now. And I'm not making any excuses. I think he believes that he should be better. I think this team believes they should be better. But still, it, it's you. You can't. You can't just. There's still a lot of this. time left, and he's sure. You know, this is something new that he hasn't had to deal with these injuries, right? Like last season, we were really, really healthy throughout most of the season. That mm-hmm. was huge, and it was a big reason why we we're able to be so effective, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But when you're missing three of your five starting offensive linemen, you also lost Zion for a few series there. And then you were Keenan Allen is still getting back in the groove. Josh Palmer became wide receiver one. And now we're running out Michael Bandy and Jason Moore as your top wide receiving threats. And then you have no run game. Like that's a really, really difficult situation to try to just fix. It's not something you can fix during the season, but I will say, I don't think that this team is good enough to make the playoffs. Even if we were to get Mike Williams back, even if we're getting Rayshon Slater back, uh, Corey Lindsay gets healthy. Even if like you get some of those pieces back on the offensive side of the ball, I still just don't think that our identity on offense and our ability matches that of a playoff team, especially when you haven't gotten very much better against the run from this last season. So I just don't feel like this team's good enough right now. They're not. They're not good they're enough not right good now. Enough. They're not good enough. Um, no, they're they're not good enough, especially with how stacked the AFC playoff picture is looking. Especially when you consider that all of most of those teams that are going into the playoffs in our conference are teams who have very effective run games. Um, it, it it's something I don't think we could stop. And I mean, what we gave up. 5.3 yards a carry, 144 yards to Josh Jacobs, who's an absolute beast. But it's it's the consistency issue. I thought we played a phenomenal first quarter, only had seven points after two takeaways, and, and that seven points was a defensive touchdown. So it, it's just the, the inconsistencies. If our defense shows up, our offense isn't showing up. And when our offense is showing up, the, either the defense or the special teams has a lapse. And so it's just we're not playing on, on – the same we're, we're not on the same page you you look at the fact that justin herbert and, and keenan allen have had this terrific type of chemistry um in, in the first two seasons that justin herbert was playing this game targets keenan allen 14 times and keenan only had six receptions so like the, that has to do with the protection though being able absolutely. to get the ball out in rhythm on time absolutely but tell but even last year we had some we had a significant well not healthy the the line wasn't as great but still they were still on a bit uh, uh it seemed like on the page more often than not and i i get the pressure like the, the pressure was it he had two justin had consistently about two to three seconds a drop back so i, I get that that's that's a factor into it but it just i think speaks to the fact that across the board this team is not on the same page and it's just it, it's hard to win games when you guys aren't speaking the same language. Uh, And then the turnovers, uh, Justin Herbert fumbled twice, ended up getting both of them back. Uh, Austin Eckler had the fumble there. Uh, You had the interception. I mean, it was a really, really rough game overall. And it started off in the Chargers' favor. I mean, we get that Josh Jacobs fumble recovery. Mm -hmm. That was huge. Um, But 
it's, it's really hard to win when the opposing team is getting 150 yards rushing and 250 yards receiving. You're letting teams go and be super, super balanced uh, in terms of, of beating you in whichever way they want to beat you, whether it be on the ground or through the air. Uh, we really struggled to get pressure on, on Derek Carr. Um, Joey Bosa, who knows how close he is to coming back. But yeah. since Joey Bosa came out, our ability to consistently get pressure has just been pretty non-existent. Mm -hmm. uh, from the interior, it's not been good. Uh, and then off the edges, I mean, if you're not Khalil Mack, you're not getting to the quarterback on this team. And Also, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm just saying we were so close. We were so close. You saw the 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 every drop back that that car had. The pocket was collapsing, just not fast enough, and there was no fear in Derek Carr. You, if you get to him early, once that pocket starts to collapse, he kind of expedites his process and goes into you know covering up to protect the ball a little sooner. There was no fear in Derek Carr's eyes when he was dropping back this game because he knew that he had a good five seconds every time he threw the ball and he i mean he had barely a 50 percent completion rate 30 attempts 16 completions eight of and those where did most of those go eight of those went to Devonte adams 177 how many yards 177 yards for Devonte. the next highest receiver had five receptions matt collins at 35 total yards foster moreau had one catch for 32 yards josh jacobs had two for six that's it that's the only completions Derek Carr made all game so it, it and we couldn't stop it we knew it was happening we knew it was coming we couldn't stop it whether it be Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs when it mattered the Raiders executed better and that's why they, they won this football game Sante Stanley did not play very well in coverage yeah, against tough game I had a really really tough game Drew a tough matchup against Devontae Adams and Adams won the first matchup but he won way easier in the second matchup. Yeah. Uh, Chargers struggled to get pressure. Like I said, Morgan Fox, Clil Mack both had um, four pressures each. Uh, the Morgan Fox, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Joe Gaziano actually got hits on the quarterback. Uh, I haven't heard about Sebastian Joseph Day's injury. Um, have you had a chance to, to hear or, or see anything about that? I haven't heard or seen anything. Um... I'm hoping it's not something super serious, but that's another just super frustrating part about this season that all the money that we put into that defensive line, I think it was like 75 mil total between all of those D linemen. And one of them has been playing all year. Sebastian Joseph day goes down this latest game and it's just, it's just adding to the pain that it is to be a Charger fan. Just watching your guys go out week in, week out, it's so sad to watch. And I I, I feel so bad. I, I don't know much about his injury. Um, it was just like one of those things that I kind of had to look away from the TV because it just hurt me so – it hurt so much. It, it was tough. It was really hard to watch. Um, any closing remarks? Uh, no. Um, Got to do better. Got to execute better. I think you, everyone wants to, to put this on the, the coaching staff. Guys were in positions to make plays. We just didn't, and that's the frustrating part. It, it feels like we really did let one just slip through our hands. It was totally winnable. 
I love the effort and the energy we came out with that game in that game. Watching guys go down with injuries, watching guys, you know, not capitalize when, when you do have chances. It, the NFL is such a tough league to play in, and you only get one or two opportunities a game. And when you're not executing consistently, it's super frustrating to watch. Uh, it looks like Amik Robertson was matched up against Keenan Allen for most of the game in seven targets. Uh, for Keenan Allen, while Amik Robertson was covering him, three went for receptions for 59 yards. The big one being the the dime Justin Herbert threw into the end zone. Yeah, Amik Robertson is not on the same level as Keenan Allen, but they were definitely shading coverage over to Allen's way. And 14 targets later, I mean, Keenan Allen outside that one touchdown uh, was pretty ineffective for most of the game. And this is after he had that barbecue chicken uh, yeah. comment, they they took Keenan out the game completely for it, and uh, it showed. Uh, but, and so. with, I think without, let's see, without that without that 35-yard bomb, which was an absolute prayer, and it was good improvisation from, from Keenan, um, but without that one that one play, he was at five, five receptions for 53 yards. That is bottled, as bottled up as you can get for Keenan Allen, especially with uh, his, one of the last comments. things I did want to bring up. I think stone smart needs to get some more snaps on this offense. I really like what I've seen out of stone smart as a blocker, as a receiver, uh, hasn't been getting any deep shots or anything like that, but he's been a very reliable, uh, undrafted unknown player who the chargers seem to think enough of him to, to, put him on IR to return. As soon as he returns, he's immediately getting some, some starting time um, when given kind of being the primary player to give Gerald Everett some breaks over Trey McKitty, who's our third round draft pick. I have no idea what's going on with our other tight end, Donald Palmer, um, Donald Palmer, one of my, Donald Parham Jr. Uh, Donald Parham. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, I, I am looking forward to seeing him get some more snaps because he's looked really good so far. Um, but I think that's the end of this episode where we'll circle back here in a minute and we'll do the uh, Dolphins preview. It should not be any fun to talk about. <laughs> no. No.